Curtin Cade mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. Kindness has fallen on hard times. Almost daily, we witness or experience cynicism, impatience, incivility, you name it. And you know what? It begins to wear on your soul. It does. But Nate Pickowitz, he wrote a book that reminds us of the goodness of God in this very cruel world. It's called The Kindness of God. Hey, Nate, welcome back. How you been? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. All right. So for those who don't know uh, about uh, Nate, obviously he's the pastor of Harvest Bible Church in, uh, what is it, Gilmanton Ironworks, New Hampshire? I love the name of that place. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, Podunk, New Hampshire. We get more cows than people, so yeah. absolutely. My parents were born in Manchester. Oh, wow. How about yeah. that? I used to live in Manchester. My son was born there. Oh, cool. The big city. Yeah, the big city the of big Manchester. City. We go to Hampton <laughs> Beach, right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, some of, uh, some of the books that Nate has written. I love the American mm. Puritans because, Kate, you know how much I love the Puritans. I know you do. Ding, ding, ding. And last time Nate was with us, we talked about his book, How to Eat Your Bible, How to Feed Your Soul yeah. with the Word of God. But this new one is dynamite. I love the whole idea of this book, Nate. The whole <laughs> idea. You. I think we need we need this book. It's a healing book. Yeah, The Kindness uh, of God is the name of the book. Yeah, that's that's perfect. And um, you know, can I just say this, guys? Can I point out the obvious because I'm the king of the obvious? <laughs> Kindness has fallen on hard times, Nate, hasn't it? It has. It has. You know, the reason I wrote the book, I think initially it was when I was praying, I found myself uh, just sort of deferring to seeing God's kindness in my own life. But then as I was considering kind of where we are culturally, uh, even just the dialogue in the church, it just seems as though we've become sharp with each other. And, you know, I don't deny that the church loves one another, but we just don't always uh, deal with other people in kind ways. And I think even more than that, I think we tend to bellyache and complain and whine because we don't necessarily feel like we're the recipients of kindness or God's kindness. So I, I just wanted to explore that and just see if I could be helpful in just encouraging people to consider the kindness of God. Do you guys see the connection mm-hmm. here, how yeah. God's connecting the dots on this? We need to be kind to other drivers who drive us crazy. <laughs> Has anybody else the felt the same conviction? Don't use their blinker. <laughs> be kind to them, Be kind Kate. to them. Be kind, to, because God has been kind to you. Be kind yes, to them. That, yep. Hey, Nate, that's, that's right. the fruit of the Holy Spirit, too. You go to Galatians 5, uh, kindness is listed there, isn't it? It is, it is. And again, you know, it, it's, we don't just do it for the sake of kindness. You know, I think about, uh, you know, Philippians, excuse me, Ephesians uh, 4.32 that says that we are to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ has forgiven you. So all kindness that we experience, all kindness that we are to share, it ultimately is found in God. He is kind. So let's talk about the kindness of God in the midst of a world that is so difficult, so painful, and so cruel. We all know people who have mentioned this, maybe even to us recently. Maybe we have some folks who are like, oh, I just had this conversation with somebody who's not a believer recently uh, about the kindness of God. You know, I, I don't want to follow a God that allows, well, fill in the blank. This, How can God be kind if he allows again, fill in the blank, in this in this world. What's a good way for us to respond to somebody who says something like that? How do we process this question? 
Yeah, it's it's a timeless question, and I think it goes back to uh, a general misunderstanding, frankly, about the goodness of humanity. I think that we tend to think that we deserve something better than we receive. Uh, we you know we reject the idea that man has fallen, that we're sinful. The Bible says that you're dead in trespasses and sins apart from Christ. So um, it's a it's a faulty presupposition that somehow God owes me kindness. But once you realize that, frankly, I don't deserve anything, that whenever I do get something that's good from God, I have to praise him for that. But God, even in the midst of that, God, we know that Romans eight twenty eight, God causes all things, even the bad things, mm-hmm. to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So uh, God will use terrible things. He will use uh, wickedness. He'll use trials uh, to, to bring about something good. Consider the life of Joseph. Uh, enslaved, uh, abused by people, and yet he tells his brothers who have heard him greatly, what you meant for evil, God has meant for good. Mm-hmm. So I think it's perspective. Who was it? I'm try- I would love to give props to the Puritan who said, I'm going to butcher this quote, so butcher mm-hmm. alert coming up. It might have been Thomas Watson, but it's the idea that God takes less than I owe him and gives me more than I deserve. That's kind of what you're talking about. Sure, sure. I mean, the Puritans stole from each other all the time, so it could have been a number of them. <laughs> but I mean, I think we can say Thomas Watson, sure. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, um, it's a matter of considering the source of all goodness. And, and really, when we talk about definitions here, the kindness of God is what is expressed to us, but really it finds its root in the goodness of God. So we're talking about his own character, his own attributes, or as the theologians call it, as perfections. Um, Who he is as God, the goodness of who he is, is displayed and expressed to us. And again, it's all kindness. Salvation is kindness. Repentance is kindness. Growth in Christ-likeness. It's all gifts to us in kindness. And I think the more and the quickly uh, we can receive that as such, uh, we'll become thankful, we'll praise him, we'll worship him uh, for his love and kindness. Balancing the wrath of God and the kindness of God, uh, these questions are, that's deep water, and mm. let's, let's just be honest here, we do not know the entire mind of God. I mean, He's God and, and we're not. What clues do we have in the Word of God that uh, can help us to respond to maybe some opposition there again? It's like, okay, well, look at the wrath of God. Uh, he, he called for this, that, whatever in the Old Testament, and, uh, and yet he's kind and loving. Um, the balancing act that we have, I, I think many of us, as average Joes, we feel unprepared to respond to these types of, of questions. Yeah, I think it's, uh, again, age-old question, balancing or understanding the love and the justice of God. Again, I I think about, you know, a a good judge would judge wickedness righteously. You know, a good judge would never let a mass murderer off with no punishment whatsoever. So if God is not uh, vengeful and wrathful toward the wicked, then he's unjust and he's not a good God. So I think we have to consider that, but on the other side of it, he's also merciful. He's also gracious. And what is the most gracious thing he's ever done? Well, he sent Jesus Christ to give his life as a ransom for many. He gave Jesus to us to redeem us from the curse. So, you know, even though we talk about the justice of God, God's hatred for sin, 
it doesn't stop there. We have good news. That's why the gospel is so important. We have good news that even Titus 3 says that God, when his, when his kindness and love of God appeared to us, he saved us. So we have to focus in on, yes, God judges righteously, but he's also extended love and grace through Jesus Christ. We have to remember that. Here's another big question. How can God be kind, really, really good and kind, if he allows people to go to hell you know how can he be a kind and loving god if uh, there are people that will not be saved you know what i'm thinking nate it's amazing any one of us is saved that's yeah, the goodness right. of god right <laughs> it is it is i mean i think about luke 635 where jesus says love your enemies and then he says for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men so, you know, you have, again, a whole race of people where in our nature, we, we detest God. We, we don't want God, again, in and of ourselves. And yet God still, you know, shines down sun on the crops and rain for the ground. I mean, he still is good to a fallen world that hates him. And yet he chooses in his kindness to save some. So, again, all if any one person were to become saved and rescued from hell, that even of itself is a kindness, and yet he saves countless number. We don't even know how many he saves, but uh, it is remarkable. Yeah. And you know, Nate, this is something I struggle with uh, on uh, different levels, but when do we rage against the night and, uh, you know, rage against the, the dimming of the light as opposed to acceptance? You know, it might be God. Well, how do we know if it's God's will for us to take that? second round of chemo or to just say you know now it's time or whatever wherever that fits in your life yeah i think so you're you're kind of addressing a, a number of different scenarios but i think in the end um you know I, I have kind of a saying i've used over the years always defer on the side of sovereignty um so mm, you know whatever whatever happens you know that god is ultimately sovereign he's in control of everything. He's in control of what is good. He's in control of even the things that are bad, even though God is not the author of evil. Remember that even Satan had to go to God to afflict Job. So God is in control of even those bad things, but God turns them for good to accomplish his purposes. So uh, I think that, you know, when it comes to a sickness or, you know, something bad that's happening to us, um, you know, we are to exercise discernment. I mean, if there's a, a treatment you can receive for cancer, if there's a way to, you know, to make a smart or wise financial decision, you know, we ought to use the wisdom God has given us, but in the end, not to become anxious, not to become enraged. Um, you know, even the scripture says, be angry, but don't sin, and don't mm -hmm. let the sin go down on your anger. So, in the end, at the end of the day, we defer, we, we deflect back to God's sovereignty and say, Lord, whatever you have for me, James 1, I will rejoice in the midst of my trials because I know that you're going to do something. You are doing something. So we, we go back to him and we say, God, you're on the throne. I'm not. But Lord, thank you for being kind to me in all the ways that you have. God's plan is much bigger than our plan. We He's the star of the story. I mean, he's the star of the movie, so to speak. We are just kind of bit players in the background. And yeah, just to be a, a small part of his story is is truly truly an amazing thing. And and at the end of the day, yeah, you know it's Romans eight twenty eight, isn't it? It's uh, all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. 
As we pointed out many times, Nates, we thought a lot about this. Not everything is good, but God can turn it around just like what you are describing. And then verse 29, which a lot of people forget, mm-hmm. talks about that priority that he has to conform us to the image of his son. So God's priorities for us are different than our own fallen finite priorities. That's right. And I think even when you think about the life and the death and resurrection of Christ, I mean, consider that. that The Bible says that God, who did not even spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, will he not also, with him, freely give us all things? The greatest single act of evil in the world was the murder, crucifixion, and death of Christ. And yet, what did God do with that? He, he used that one single act of wickedness to kill the Son of God he used that to save us by his resurrection. He gave new life to us through the resurrection. Without that death of Christ, without that, that event in history, none of us would be saved. So that's just a pinnacle example of how God can even use that to make everything work for good, that without that we have nothing. So God has a very unique way, ways that we don't understand, uh, of using terrible things and turning them for good. And uh, we have to trust him. I think this is where faith comes in. We have to trust him that he does have good purposes toward us, even if we don't feel like it in the moment. We have to trust him. Yeah, our default Amen. setting should be trust. I don't understand, yes. but I trust you. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, Amen. And he so values our faith that he allows what he well, he doesn't enjoy this stuff that we deal with. It's very difficult. He allows what he hates to establish and bring about what he loves. And he's got the plan. I don't, and it's a good plan, and I believe that, that he's for me and not against me. Wow, Nate, this has been a great conversation. We just scratched the surface yes. of the book. The Kindness of God, Beholding His Goodness in a Cruel World. Every time you're with us, we enjoy chatting with you. you got to come back sometime. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening to Curtin Kate Morning's podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.